What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John. And this week, we are back with episode 131, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC fight night going down this Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, headlined by Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa. This 14-fight card takes place from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which means it will take place in the large UFC cage. Just a quick recap of last event, I did go 6 for 4 on official predictions and lose one unit in terms of official bets. So we started off the year with a losing event, but it was just a small loss at one unit. And we're going to look to get back in the profit with the second UFC event of this week. So thank you all for tuning into the second episode. And I will have a third episode coming out in just a few days before the big UFC 257 pay-per-view going down this Saturday. So stay tuned for that episode. But right now, we're going to analyze all 14 of these fights going down this week. Wednesday and the first fight is in the women's flyweight division we have Victoria Leonardo taking on Manon Firot the opening betting line for this one was a minus 110 pick on both sides right now over on bet online we are seeing Firot minus 185 to Leonardo plus 160 a lot more action coming in on Manon Firot both of these women are making their UFC debut but Leonardo has fought on the contender series and Invicta and I think she's actually fought the better competition of the two Fiorot has a lot of TKO victories over in the UAE Warriors promotion. Fiorot seems like a the better striker. She definitely comes from a kickboxing background. She throws a lot of lead leg front kicks, a lot of karate type kicks like uh oblique kicks and front kicks to the body and she seems kind of off balance while throwing them a lot of the times her defensive boxing is not great she can get caught with right hands and her takedown defense does not look great as well she got taken down by McCourt a few times did not look great off of her back but when she is out striking opponents on the feet when she gets her opponents in the clinch she is pretty dangerous and does damage with her clinch striking and she is relentless once she starts hurting you with punches she does not let up and has a lot of TKOs on her victory Leonardo, on the other hand, is not really a skilled striker at distance. She's competent at range, but not really effective. She's definitely going to be looking to get this fight in the clinch where she can hit takedowns and get her top game going. She does attempt takedowns pretty consistently. She does do meaningful work with her top position. She can pass guard. She can mount her opponents, land ground and pound, and she attempts submissions as well. So... I definitely think that if Leonardo wants to win this fight, she's going to have to get inside, use her takedowns, get this fight to the floor, and outgrapple Fiorot. And if Fiorot wants to win, she's going to have to stuff a lot of takedowns and outstrike her opponent at range and in the clinch. And after doing my tape study for this fight, I think that Leonardo attempting consistent takedowns and working to get this fight to the floor is more reliable than Firo stuffing takedowns. I just haven't seen enough defensive grappling and takedown defense from Firo. She has stuffed some takedowns. She has looked decent with underhooks and wizards at times, but she has not consistently stuffed a lot of takedowns. And I think that Leonardo actually has a pretty good array of clinch takedowns and lower body takedowns that she can go to. So I'm actually going to side with the underdog Victoria Leonardo to win this one with her grappling. She could find a finish on the floor. She could also outgrapple Firo to a decision. And if Firo is able to stuff takedowns and to keep this fight on the floor or on the feet, excuse me, I think that there's a good chance that we see a finish. So the under two and a half or the does not go the distance might be a good play. I could see either woman finishing this fight, Firo on the feet or Leonardo on the ground. And I actually think I'm going to side with Leonardo as a dog. And I haven't locked in a bet yet. I'm monitoring her price throughout the week to see when I want to enter in on her money line. But a plus 160 for a fight that I think is pretty even, maybe a slight advantage to Fiorot, I think that there is some good value on Leonardo. I'm actually going to pick her to win this fight. Let's go with Victoria Leonardo by submission. Uh, The plus 1,000 submission prop might be worth a stab as well. So I like Leonardo as a dog here. 
The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Umar Nurmagomedov taking on Sergey Morozov. The opening betting line for this one was Nurmagomedov minus 625 to Morozov plus 450. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Nurmagomedov minus 550 to Morozov plus 400. A little bit more action coming in on the underdog Morozov in this one, and I agree with that action. I think that this line is probably a bit wide where it's at now because both guys are young, skilled, up-and-coming guys making their UFC debuts. Umar, of course, has that Norman Gamadoff last name. It could be getting overvalued in the betting lines, but Umar looks like a really fun, promising prospect. He throws a lot of kicks on the feet. He's not the best in boxing range, but he has really great kicks, really fast, high-volume kicks. He can go to the legs, body, head with it, really mixes it up well, and he can hit takedowns and keep top position as well. He's not quite the level of some of the other Russian grapplers we've seen, but he is very competent everywhere. But then again, so is Morozov. Morozov is a very well-rounded fighter. He has fought some pretty good competition over in the Russian promotions. His only recent loss is to Mosvar Ivlev, who we know in the UFC is a great talent. And Morozov can strike well. He can stuff takedowns. He can be hard to take down and to hold down. And he has a lot of good fights on his record. I enjoyed watching both of these guys. And I think it's going to be a competitive fight. It's kind of sad they match both these guys up together. They're both promising prospects from Russia. I would have liked to see them get matchmaked a little bit better. But it's still going to be a fun, entertaining fight. I do have a few concerns over Morozov. He does have a lot of five-round experience, which is a good thing. But it seems like he has kind of adjusted his fighting pace to suit that five round fighting style and now he's fighting three rounds and we sometimes see with fighters especially russian fighters who are used to fighting five rounds like alexei konchenko they come to the ufc and they don't really adapt well to three round fights they have to fight a lot more aggressive in that shorter amount of time and they don't do so so that's a concern i also saw in the osterov fight Morozov really had some trouble with the kicking game of Osterov, was getting stuck on the outside getting kicked to the body a lot and couldn't really get inside on Osterov. And I think that that's likely what's going to happen here in the Umar Nurmagomedov matchup. Umar is going to stay on the outside, use his mobility, use those fast and powerful kicks to keep Morozov on the outside, not let Morozov cut off the cage and get into boxing range where he's effective. And Morozov does have pretty good takedown defense, but he has been taken down and outgrappled by opponents before. And Umar, if he really wants those takedowns, I think he does have the better grappling of the two and will be able to hit takedowns. So it should be a competitive fight everywhere, but I do give a lot of advantages to Umar and Nurmagomedov. He is making his UFC debut. He hasn't been the most active fighter in the past few years, so I definitely wouldn't advise laying the chalk, throwing him in a parlays at this minus 500 price. I think, if anything, look to bet um, Morozov here. I think that he could fight for your money at plus 400, could make this fight seem a lot more competitive than the line indicates, giving Umar almost an 85% chance of winning. So no official bets on this fight for me. If you want to bet on this fight, I would say go with the small Morozov play or maybe look to bet Umar Nurmagomedov by decision. Uh, that could be a good prop bet as well for this one. That's going to be my official pick as well. It's going to be Umar by decision. The next fight takes place in the lightweight division. We have Mike Davis taking on Mason Jones. The opening betting line for this one was Davis minus 300 to Jones plus 250. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Davis minus 161 to Jones plus 141. A lot more action coming in on Mason Jones at the underdog. And when he was in that plus 200 range, I definitely agree it's a must bet on Jones there. Where it's at now, I think it's getting more appropriate. I think the line is about accurate where it's at now. But this is going to be a really competitive fight. Really looking forward to this one. Both these guys are really entertaining, high-action fighters. Mason Jones making his UFC debut, coming over from the Cage Warriors promotion. 
he has fought and beaten decent competition, and I think he's pretty well-rounded. He's durable. He can take a shot on the feet. He doesn't have the greatest defense, and that's probably his biggest flaw is his boxing defense, but he has good offensive boxing. He can throw a lot of leg kicks. He can mix it up with some body kicks as well, and I've seen him hit takedowns and keep top position on a lot of his opponents in multiple rounds throughout a fight so he can hit takedowns he's a competent striker he's durable i think jones is pretty well rounded everywhere and mike davis has made his ufc debut before he is one and one in the ufc i think he took a short notice fight versus gilbert burns was taken down and then submitted in that fight no shame in that fight burns is super high level and then he fought thomas gifford who was a huge step down in competition and davis was able to outstrike gifford easily outboxed him hurt him bad the entire fight and eventually brutally knocked him out in the 14th minute of that fight but i do think that gifford showed an inhumane shin in that fight but you still maybe have to question the power and the finishing ability of mike davis who really had gifford beat in the first round of that fight was landing bombs on him but wasn't able to put him away until late into the third round but maybe that shouldn't be a concern at all because his hands look sharp his cardio look fine and I think that that was definitely his best win to date on his record. I really question the strength of schedule of Mike Davis's opponents. He really hasn't beaten many opponents. When you look at the guys he's beaten, their records, their wins over really low-level competition. So I think Mike Davis is actually kind of untested, and Jones is the more proven fighter who's beaten the better competition. I also have some concerns over Mike Davis having a long layoff. He hasn't fought in around 15 months and has been apparently battling some pretty persistent injuries. So when you're questioning the injuries, the layoff, maybe the strength of competition for Davis, and Davis has his own defensive flaws. He doesn't have the greatest boxing defense. He doesn't seem to check leg kicks. And he did get taken down by Gilbert Burns. So there's no shame in that. We haven't really seen any other opponents take him down. So we really don't know a great idea about his takedown defense. So when you combine all those issues that we're talking about with Davis, I think that Jones has a great chance at mixing this fight up with his leg kicks, making the boxing competitive, getting this fight into the clinch, and getting the fight to the floor possibly. I think Jones could possibly pull off the upset here. And if you like Mike Davis in this fight, I definitely think now is the time to bet him. You're getting the best price you've gotten all week at minus 160. He opened up near minus 300. So it seems like the market is liking Jones here. I definitely agree with the bets on Jones at that plus 150 or above range, especially the people who got in early at plus 200 Jones. That's definitely the right side to be on. But where the line is at now, I think it's getting pretty accurate. I do give Mike Davis a slight advantage in this fight, maybe 55 to 60%. I do think he has a pretty significant speed advantage. His boxing is pretty sharp, and he probably edges the boxing exchanges here. I do like Jones' chances, but I think he could be a better live bet after you see how Jones is dealing with the speed advantage, dealing with the boxing technique of Davis. And if he's dealing well, if he's hitting leg kicks, looking to mix this fight up, and if Davis is maybe looking a little rusty, then look to live bet Mason Jones here. So the pick is going to be Mike Davis by decision. I think Jones is durable enough, and Davis isn't the biggest hitter where he's going to knock Jones out. So I think that Davis by decision is probably going to be my official pick, but I like Jones's chances here. I think that a Jones live bet could be good on the table. So official pick Davis decision. It's going to be a close fun fight. I'm really looking forward to this one. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Jerome Rivera taking on Francisco Figueredo. The opening betting line for this one was Rivera minus 125 to Figueredo plus 105. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing the line has flipped. We are now seeing Figueredo, the minus 155 favorite to Rivera, the plus 135 underdog. 
The market is loving Francisco Figueredo here. He is, of course, the brother of champion Davison Figueredo. That could be influencing the line a little bit, that name recognition. And I don't really agree with the line movement because there's only one fight available of Figueredo that I could find. I looked through a lot of different resources, only found one, and it is a 15-minute decision where you do get a pretty good sense of his skill. But still, there's only one fight available. He has been pretty inactive over the past few years, only two fights in the past three years, and his last fight was in September of 2019, so he was coming off about a 16-month layoff. Meanwhile, Rivera has been pretty active, fought in the Contender Series, definitely lost his fight in the Contender Series, but was given a very lucky decision in that one, made his UFC debut against Tyson Nam, was doing well in round one versus Nam, it was a really competitive round, a lot of people scored that round for him, but he got caught with a right hand, throwing a leg kick in round two, dropped his hands, got countered with a big right hand hand and got knocked out in that one and Rivera just doesn't look like a great fighter he is a decent striker he throws a lot of volume but he doesn't look very durable he can be taken down and out grappled so even from the limited footage we've seen of Figueredo I do think that he is probably the more skilled fighter than Rivera we have seen him hit takedowns and keep top position on opponents his striking looks Pretty decent, pretty similar to his brother Davison's style where he keeps his hands low. He likes to walk opponents down and kind of lands single shots. Definitely doesn't have the same athleticism, speed, or power as his brother. But he is a pretty well put together fighter. I do think he is the more well-rounded fighter of the two. And I'm probably going to pick him to win by decision. But there's not a ton of analysis into this one considering these guys are pretty low level. There's not much footage of Figueredo. And it's just a hard fight to predict. So I wouldn't advise betting on this one. I think the line is pretty accurate where it's at. Maybe there's some slight value on Rivera. But in terms of my official pick, I'm going to go with Figueredo by decision. Probably don't advise betting on this fight at all. It's just a high variance fight with a lot of variables and unknowns. So I'm not really comfortable laying any money on this fight. So it's a pass for me. But the pick, once again, Figueredo by decision. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Dolce Lungambula taking on Marcus Perez. The opening betting line for this one was Lungambula minus 350 to Perez plus 260. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Lungambula, the slight favorite at minus 140 to Perez at plus 120. A lot more action coming in on Marcus Perez as the underdog here, and I totally agree with that action. That opening line that was set was totally wacky. Lungambula at around 77%. I think it's arguable that you could even line Perez as a favorite here, and that's where the market is really heading to. You could even see Perez as a favorite by fight day because I think he's the much more skilled fighter. Lungambula is dropping down to 185, and he's always been a power muscle puncher. He doesn't have much technique. He doesn't have much defensive grappling. He's been taken down, looked pretty bad off of his back and most of his wins come by random knockouts and he's just not very skilled so him dropping down to 185 I think he's going to lose a lot of his athleticism his durability and his power that he had at 205 and I'm not really sure how long Gambula is going to look in this fight I think it's really hard to cap him as a favorite as well, considering he's pretty knockout or bust. I can't see Lungambula having the volume to win on a decision, or of course submitting Perez, who is the much more skilled grappler of the two. I believe he's a jiu-jitsu black belt, has submissions on his record, and he's a pretty skilled striker as well. He was doing well versus Duplessis, but he got kind of randomly knocked out in that fight. I thought that Perez was looking good. The live lines flipped. Uh, Perez was a dog in the pre-fight lines, but then... Halfway in round one, he was already a minus 200 favorite, and then he gets knocked out. So Prez's defense isn't the greatest. His chin isn't very good as well. So that's why Lungambula is semi-live for a knockout. But to be honest, 
I do think the Perez is the better fighter. So I'm, I got to side with the better fighter to mix it up here in the striking. I think he's going to be the better striker. It could be close because Lungay Mola swings hard, punches on the feet, and Perez's durability is always a question. But I think Perez's southpaw striking will give him trouble, similar that Ankalaev's gave Lungay Mola a lot of trouble, especially the kicks of Ankalaev. I think that Perez is a pretty good kicker, got hard body kicks. And on the ground, you got to give Perez a pretty significant advantage as well. So I give Perez a striking and grappling advantage here. He's not the most reliable fighter to be betting on because he can be knocked out like he did versus Duplessis, but I think that he is worth a small bet, maybe one, one and a half to two units on Perez here at this plus money because I think he should be the favorite here. So the pick for me is going to be Marcus Perez. Let's go with decision as a safe pick, but I think a, a submission is live as well. If he pursues takedowns, gets his fight to the floor, we should be, see a pretty significant grappling advantage for Perez. So the submission is live. Maybe look to stab on Perez submission, but the money line is good enough for me. So I'll probably end up with a bet on Perez money line here, and I haven't locked in the action yet, but continue to monitor my bet MMA page to see all my official bets uh, for this event. So once again, pick is Perez by decision. The next fight takes place in the flyweight division. We have Sue Madarji taking on Zaruk Adeshev. The opening betting line for this one was Sue minus 265 to Adeshev plus 205. Right now, over on Bet Online, we are seeing Sue minus 475 to Adeshev plus 375. A lot more action coming in on Sue Madarji as the favorite here, and I agree with that action. He does deserve to be a pretty heavy favorite here, and this matchup favors him pretty heavily. Sue just looks like the much more well-put-together fighter. The only times we've seen Madarji struggle in the UFC is getting taken down and out-grappled, and Adeshev comes from a kickboxing background. He does have some glory kickboxing experience. He's not the type to hit offensive takedowns. He doesn't have good enough grappling to take down Sumadarji here, in my opinion, and that's going to be contested on the feet unless Sumadarji wants to take the fight to the floor. But we did see what Sumadarji is capable of when he is matched up with lower-level opponents. He fought Malcolm Gordon just about a month ago, made very quick work of him, pressured him, landed some quick hard punches, and was able to knock him out pretty early. And that's kind of what happened in Adeshev's UFC debut. He came in very short notice, looked pretty chunky and overweight versus Tyson Nam, threw a naked leg kick and got absolutely nuked with a right hand, knocked out cold. It was a brutal, brutal knockout, probably one of the best knockouts of the year. Shout-out to Tyson Nam, who was on this card a little bit later and I do think it's likely that we see Adeshev look a lot better this fight he's going to be in better shape he actually had time to prepare for this fight so I doubt he looks as bad as he did versus Tyson Nam but I still see him getting finished pretty early versus Sumadarji I just think the skill gap is too big the speed advantage the power advantage for Sumadarji I see him landing some pretty hard strikes and likely knocking Adeshev out in the first two rounds so in terms of bets for this fight, I would say skip the money line at this price and just go with Sue by knockout or Sue round one slash round two. That's a prop available on FanDuel Betfair. I will probably end up tracking a bet on this prop. Sue Madarji in rounds one slash two at minus 115. I really like the value on that. I think Madarji finishes this fight in the first two rounds at about a 60 to 65% rate. So I'll probably go about one to two units on that prop. And you will see that officially on my bet MMA page a little bit later. Once again, the pick is going to be Sumadarji. Let's go with a second round knockout. I think Adeshev hangs around for a bit longer before getting finished this time. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Ricky Simone taking on Gaetano Perello. The opening betting line for this one was Simone minus 285 to Perello plus 225. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Simone minus 450 to Perello plus 350. 
Perillo is coming in here on short notice, and I give him credit for doing that, but I do not like his chances in this fight at all. Perillo comes from a Muay Thai background. He has some decent offensive striking, and he can outstrike opponents in the clinch. But in terms of his defensive grappling, I have seen him get taken down pretty easily. He does not seem to have much of a wrestling base. And when he's put on his back, he looks like a pretty much a white belt off of his back. Had no real chance of getting off of his back. Spent about four minutes just laying there with his opponent on top of him. So based on that alone... I think the chances that he beats Simone are really low, and when you add on top of that that Perillo also pretty readily slows down later in fights, once the fight gets into the second and third round, he pretty consistently slows down and has been finished a few times in the later rounds, I think it's extremely unlikely that Perillo wins this fight outside of a crazy round one knockout, so if you like Perillo, take the round one knockout prop, and if you like Simone in this fight, I think there's a good chance we could see Simone finish in the later rounds. Simone isn't really a prolific finisher, but with how badly Perillo gasses out and with how big of a skill gap between these guys, I think a finish in the later rounds for Simone is possible. So maybe stab on those Simone round two, round three props, and Simone could just run away with it and get a dominant decision as well. But I think I'll go with the round three TKO for Ricky Simone to get his first official finish in the UFC. He did technically finish Mirab Devalishvili, but a lot of controversy around that one. So I think uh, a late finish is really possible here given the skill gap, given how bad Perillo is off of his back and considering he gasses out here. So maybe stab on those props and once again the pick is Simone round three knockout. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Omari Akhmedov taking on Tom Brees. The opening betting line for this one was Brees minus 142, Akhmedov plus 120. Right now, over on Bet Online, we are seeing Breeze minus 156 to Akhmedov plus 136. A little bit more action coming in on Tom Breeze here, but there is two-way action coming in on this fight, and I agree with the action coming in a little bit more on Breeze's side. I do like him in this fight. Although it should be a pretty competitive fight at all phases, Akhmedov is a tough guy to beat. He's a competent striker. He's hard to outgrapple. His only real problem is kind of slowing down later in fights. He definitely did that in the Weidman fight, his most recent fight. It was a competitive fight for the first seven or eight minutes, but once that halfway point in the fight hit, Akhmedov really gassed out and was dominated in round three, taken down, stuck on his back, got mounted, and was pretty helpless there in round three, but did still make it to see a decision. So he's tough, he's hard to put away, and Akhmedov is a tough test for anybody. And Tom Brees is not the most reliable fighter. He hasn't been very active over the past four or five years. He's pulled out of a lot of fights and in certain fights like the Brendan Allen fight he just looked really terrible I mean he came out charging at Allen wasn't coordinated at all had no footwork got taken down looked bad off of his back went for a sloppy back take and got finished in round one of that fight at least he did kind of get his confidence back by knocking out KB Bular in round one. It was a huge mismatch in that fight, and Breeze handled him accordingly, knocking him out in round one. So hopefully that gave Breeze his confidence back because when Breeze is at his best, when he has his confidence, he is a very skilled fighter. He is a slick boxer on the feet, very skilled southpaw striker. Breeze is also a pretty solid grappler. He hasn't been taken down much in the UFC. He hasn't fought a lot of wrestlers. And I think that, that Brendan Allen fight, as I mentioned, was kind of just an all-around bad performance, kind of uncharacteristic of Tom Breeze. And I think he's a lot better of a grappler than he showed in that fight. If this fight stays on the feet and these two strike with one another, I do give a striking advantage to Tom Brees. I think he is the quicker and more powerful striker of the two. He's got a little bit crisper technique as well. Uh, Omari kind of throws a little bit slow. And he kind of plots with the same type of strikes. He's an orthodox striker. He throws a lot of leg kicks and overhands. Just not a very layered striker. And I think that Breeze mixes it up a little bit better. 
I think the fighter more likely to shoot offensive takedowns is Omari Akhmedov, and he has a decent chance at getting Breeze down to the floor, but if he can't finish Breeze pretty quickly, I think he's going to start to slow down because we have not seen Omari be able to outgrapple opponents for the full 15 minutes. When he grapples, it slows him down a lot. The Weidman fight had a lot of grappling in the first half of the fight, and that's why he slowed down so much. So if Omari Akhmedov looks to grapple in this fight, he will slow down, and if he stays in the feet, I give Tom Breeze an advantage. So I do like Tom Brees in this fight. I was actually able to bet him at around minus 136 and didn't end up tracking it because it was on Fanduel when the line was already around minus 150 other places. So I didn't feel right tracking it, but I do have a bet on Tom Brees in this fight at minus 136. Where it's at now, there is some slight value left on the line. It depends really where you cap him. I would put him right around that 63 to 65% mark, but he's not the most reliable guy yet. He hasn't put in consistent performances and Omari would be his best win over the past several years. So there is a bit of a risk associated with betting Tom Brees as a favorite, but I do give him a lot of advantages here, and I'm going to pick him to win this one. I'm going to go with decision. Could even see a possible late knockout if Omari does start to slow down like he typically does, but Omari's tough. I think he makes it to a decision. I'm going to go with Tom Brees by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Douglas Andrade taking on Leron Murphy. The opening betting line for this one was Murphy minus 225 to Andrade plus 190. Right now, over on Bet Online, we are seeing Murphy minus 310 to Andrade plus 250. More action coming in on Leroy Murphy, and I'm going to disagree with the action. I think that where the line was set initially was more accurate than where it's at now. Where it's at now, I do think the value is on Andrade. Murphy has looked pretty sharp in his two UFC fights. He went to a draw with Zubaria Tukov where he was taken out a lot in that fight, but did some damage off of his back. He worked his way back up to the feet and did all the striking damage in that fight, and judges accurately scored that fight a draw. Then in Murphy's most recent fight, he fought Ricardo Hamos and was able to knock him out in round one of that fight. Looked very sharp in that fight. But I do think that the market could be overvaluing Murphy a bit based on those recent wins. I think that Andrade coming off of this layoff, not having fought in a while, could be getting disrespected a bit by the betters in the market. Andrade is a very tough boxer, very heavy hands, kind of reminds you that John Lineker can absorb some big punches and keep coming back at you, and he doesn't look quite as fast and powerful as he did a few years back, but he's still a tough guy to deal with. He did have a competitive fight with Hennebrow, which is not a great thing to see. He got taken out and stuck on bottom at times in that fight, and didn't look great cardio-wise in round three. So that is a bit of a concern, and that's definitely why I think that Murphy does deserve to be a favorite here. Does deserve to be around 60 to 65%, but I wouldn't go quite to 70 to 75%. I think that that's getting a bit disrespectful to Andrade, and I think that this fight will be a lot closer than the odds indicate. At this price, I think that Andrade could be worth a small play. I also think the goes the distance or the Murphy decision prop could be worth a play. Murphy has some slick striking. He's going to have a big height and reach advantage here. Think about five inches of reach on Andrade, which could make it difficult for Andrade to get inside on him. But I don't think Murphy is quite proven enough to be warranting this 75% over Andrade, who's a tough veteran. I think that Andrade will fight for your money at plus 250. Maybe don't even bet him yet. Maybe wait till a few more days from now and see where the line closes because more people could just be keep betting Murphy at this minus 300 price. So monitor that price. Look to enter in at the best time on Andrade for a small bet. And also look to maybe bet on fight goes the distance here or Murphy decision. The official pick for me is going to be Leroy Murphy by decision. Haven't locked in an official bet here yet, but I like the goes the distance in this fight and potentially could track a bet on that. The next fight takes place in the flyweight division. We have Tyson Nam taking on Matt Schnell. The opening betting line for this one was 
Nam minus 135 to Schnell plus 105. Right now, over on Bet Online, we are seeing Nam minus 133 to Schnell plus 113. There is two-way action coming out in this fight. This is not the first time this fight has been booked, so this line has fluctuated a lot over the past few months. This should be a fun fight between two exciting fighters. Schnell throws a lot more volume than Nam. Schnell likes mixing it up with combinations and throwing multiple punch combinations, while Nam likes really searching for that one big power shot, that power right hand of his that connects with a lot of opponents and puts a lot of guys down drops opponents puts them to sleep nam definitely has the more power of the two but don't disrespect the power of schnell as well he definitely has some pop in his hands he hurt pantoja with some punches in their fight i mean that fight with pantoja was a crazy back and forth war but there's some big problems with matt schnell and it just seems to revolve around his boxing defense and his chin he's not very durable he's been knocked out a lot in his career and in that recent Pantoja fight, Schnell just doesn't seem to put much effort into avoiding punches. He does not seem to value boxing defense that much. He willingly engages in brawls way too often and just doesn't have the defense or chin to stay up in those brawls. And at flyweight, the guys are incredible athletes. They're very durable. And Schnell's a solid athlete. He just doesn't have that durability that a lot of the other guys do. And that's why I think that I favor Tyson Nam in this fight. Even if Schnell is winning on volume, he's landing combinations, he's going to be constantly open for counters and Nam is a really good counter puncher he has a lot of power in his strikes and I just don't see any way that Schnell is going to be able to win striking exchanges on the feet without constantly being in risk for getting nuked with that right hand from Tyson Nam so I do think that Nam finds the knockout here I like a finish on either side here and actually have my first first official bet of the card tracked on this fight is a one and a half unit bet on the under two and a half rounds at minus 125 odds I think the most likely outcome of this fight is Nam finding that knockout and getting a finish. But as I mentioned earlier, Chanel has some pop in his hands. He may be able to hurt Nam with a punch, possibly get a knockout. And he also goes for a lot of submissions once he gets his opponents hurt on the ground. I think a finish happening in this fight is closer to 65%, so that's why I went 1.5 units at that minus 125 odds. I think we have about a 5-7% to 7% advantage on that line, so that's why I like this line. I would be pretty shocked to see this one go to a decision. Chanel just doesn't have the defense or durability to compete with Nam in those striking exchanges, and if Chanel gets this fight to the floor and starts getting his grappling going to avoid those big punches, he has a great chance of finding a submission. So a finish is likely here. I think it's going to be Tyson Nam finding that knockout. I just cannot trust that defense of Schnell. And I think it's going to be pretty early too. So the first or second round knockout for Tyson Nam is going to be my pick. Let's go with first round KO. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Roxanne Matafari taking on Viviana Araujo. The opening betting line for this one was Araujo minus 225 to Matafari plus 190. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing Araujo minus 320 to Matafari plus 270. More action coming in on the favorite Otto Ujo in this one. And I'm going to disagree with the action. I think that where the opening line was set was pretty accurate. This is a pretty simple fight to break down in my opinion. Otto Ujo is the better striker of the two. She has pretty slick boxing. And if the fight stays in the feet, Otto Ujo is probably going to be landing her jab and her right hands at will. And busting Roxy up, possibly even finding a finish. So Roxy needs to get this fight to the floor. And Roxy does shoot pretty persistent takedowns she's not one to stay at range to lose a fight for the whole fight she will try to get inside get those takedowns and get the fight to the floor but she is the better grappler of the two and Otto takedown defense is okay it has looked decent against some opponents but when she gets taken down and put on her back she does not look very good at all I think 
Alexis Davis caught a kick of hers and got a takedown. And Ada Ujo spent about two to three minutes off of her back. Did not have much of a plan to get off of her back at all. So if Roxanne Montefiore is able to get takedowns, that could change the whole momentum of this fight and swing the fight in favor of Roxanne. And considering she's a plus 270 underdog and she's the better grappler and one takedown could change the entire course of the fight, I do think she's the clear value side and worth likely a half unit to one unit value bet. I mean, Roxanne Montefiore is consistently undervalued. She was the big dog against Barber, was a dog against Lee. I think it's pretty clear that Roxanne is a bit undervalued by the market and by betters pretty consistently throughout her career. And even though I do advise going with a small bet on Roxanne at plus 270 or higher, I think I'm still going to predict Viviana Araujo by decision as my official prediction. I just think that Roxanne will have a bit too hard of a time getting inside on Araujo when she's going to be eating so many straight punches, that jab, that right hand. And Araujo is pretty good with her lateral movement. She can move around the octagon. Her cardio has been looking a bit better. She did put a pretty good performance together against Montana De La Rosa where she stuffed some takedowns. But if Roxanne is really relentless with her takedown attempts and is able to get inside on Artujo, maybe Artujo slows down a little bit, Roxanne is really live for taking over this fight. So I like Roxanne's chances to get the fight to the floor, but I don't love it enough to go out and officially pick her as his underdog. So I'm going to still side with Artujo by decision. Maybe even look into those Artujo late knockout props, because as I mentioned, if Roxanne can't get this fight to the floor, it could turn ugly quick. The accumulated damage from Artujo's punches could lead to a finish in the second or third round. So maybe look to stab on those props. It's a competitive fight. There's a lot of different ways to play this fight in terms of bets. My official prediction is going to be Artujo by decision. The next fight takes place in the light heavyweight division. We have Ike Villanueva taking on Vincius Moreira. The opening betting line for this one was Villanueva minus 150 to Moreira plus 130. Right now over on Bet Online, we are seeing... Villanueva minus 136 to Marrera coming back at plus 116. Line margins tightening up, more action coming in on Marrera, and I agree with that action. First things first, I gotta say, this is really a bum level fight, and I don't really mean to be disrespectful to either of these guys, but the, neither of these guys deserve to be in the UFC. Their UFC careers have been horrible so far, and it's kind of wild they're still sticking around, especially considering that they're on the main card, but putting that aside, the striking in this fight should be mildly competitive. I do think Villanueva is a little bit better of a striker, but both these guys are so sloppy and uncoordinated. I'm not really positive that Villanueva will win the striking when it's on the feet. But if the fight does go to the ground, I am pretty confident that Marrera is the better grappler and has a pretty good chance at submitting Villanueva if he gets this fight to the floor. I think that Marrera is more reliable to consistently go for takedowns and attempt to get this fight to the floor where he has a big advantage. Meanwhile, I'm not even so sure that Villanueva is going to win the striking exchanges, let alone have the power to knock out Marrera and to discourage Marrera from constantly coming forward and shooting takedowns. So I think I like Marrera in this fight, honestly. I think his takedowns and his grappling advantage are more reliable than Villanueva keeping the fight standing and outstriking Marrera while it's there. Not a fight I would bet much on because both these guys are so terrible, but I do think that Marrera should be a slight favorite in this spot. So there is some value on Marrera, Marrera money line or pass, or maybe even just go Marrera submission. I can't really see Marrera winning this fight anyway outside of submission. I guess he could get a positional TKO on the ground. I guess it's within the realm of possibilities that he could get on top position and win two out of three rounds or something like that. So maybe Moneyline is the safer play than submission, but I do think Marrera has an advantage here with his grappling, getting the fight to the floor, and I think he's the more reliable guy to do what he has to do to win. So I'm going to side with Vincius Marrera here, but it's not a confident pick considering these guys are
status or really low level and should not be in the UFC. So pick is going to be Moreira by round one submission. The next fight is the co-main event, and it takes place in the welterweight division. We have Mornir Lazez taking on Warley Alves. The opening betting line for this one was a minus 115 pick on both sides. Right now, we are seeing over on Bet Online Lazez minus 235 to Alves plus 200. A ton more action coming in on Mornir Lazez in this one, and I agree with the early action. I think that Lazez deserves to be... About a 63 to 65% favor here. Where it's at now, I think the value has probably shifted to Alves. Even though Alves has looked pretty slow and old in his recent fights, he is still the more experienced fighter. He is pretty well-rounded, and he does have the ability to get fights to the floor at times. He has not really shot a lot of offensive takedowns throughout his UFC career, but he does have good grappling ability, and Lazez definitely has some problems with getting taken down, getting stuck on his back. That's definitely his weakest aspect of his game. Lazez is a really fun striker to watch. He's good at distance. He's good in the clinch. He's a real fun, athletic, powerful guy, put on a really good performance against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, but Razak is not really that good, and that was Lazez's really most definitive performance as an MMA fighter, so I think we could be seeing Lazez get a bit overvalued, because if Alves really comes out with a grapple-heavy game plan trying to get this fight to the floor, there's a good chance that he gets those takedowns and is able to submit Lazez off of his back. But if this fight stays standing and these two strike at range, I do think we will see a pretty significant technique and speed advantage for Lazez, and he should outstrike Alves, probably leading to a late knockout. So I see a lot of people like the under 2.5 in this one that does not go the distance. I think that's a pretty good way to play both sides. If Alves is winning, he's probably going to get the fight to the floor and to submit him or knock him out in the first round. He probably is going to start to slow down after that and Lazez is going to take over with his athleticism, his output, and his superior striking technique. But Lazez did kind of hit takedowns and chill in top position versus Razak. So I don't love the under 2.5 and the does not go the distance. I personally don't have any action on this fight. But I do think where the line is at now, it is dog or pass. Maybe look to stab on Alves round one, Alves submission round one, or maybe the late knockout props for Lazez round two, round three knockout. A lot of different ways this one could go. Not the most confident pick, but I am pretty confident that it is dog or pass at these odds. The time to bet Lazez has way passed. The early action was right on Lazez, but where it's at now, it's gotten a bit out of control and the value has shifted to Alves. In terms of a pure pick, I'm going to go with Lazez by that late knockout. Let's go with the second round knockout for Lazez. But I'm not extremely confident in it, and I think the Alves round one props are worth a stab here as well. The next fight is the main event of the card in the welterweight division. We have Neil Magny taking on Michael Chiesa. The opening betting line for this one was Magny minus 150 to Chiesa plus 130. Right now, over on Bet Online, we are seeing Magny minus 145 to Chiesa plus 125. The line not moving much, that means there is two-way action coming in on this line. A little bit more on Michael Chiesa's way, and I agree with the more action coming in on Chiesa's way. I think this is a pretty easy fight to analyze. Not an easy fight to come to a definitive conclusion. Like I don't have a confident pick in this one, but I think the dynamic between these two is pretty clear to identify. Magni is the better striker of the two. Chiesa is the better grappler. Chiesa is likely going to need to hit takedowns to win this fight. He is pretty ineffective at range. And if the fight stays standing, Magni should probably have his way with Chiesa and really run away with the fight late if he's able to keep the fight standing. But I really like Chiesa's chances at getting the fight down down to the floor in the first two rounds. Based on some of the success that Anthony Rocco and Martin had against Neil Magny in their fight, pushing Magny against the cage, getting some back clinch situations, getting some possible back take situations, and even hitting a double leg takedown in round two versus Magny, I think that 
Michael Chiesa is going to have some similar success pushing Magni to the cage, getting him down, and looking to take his back and get his submission game going. Because Michael Chiesa is a really skilled grappler. He's had two fights at 170 so far, and he's looked tremendous at both of those fights. Chiesa was able to outgrapple Rafael Dos Anjos and Diego Sanchez for the majority of their 15-minute fights. And I think we're really seeing Chiesa at his best considering he has recently moved up to 170. He is way more accustomed to this weight class. He's filling out his body more. He's not having some cardio and chin issues like he did at 155 pounds. So I really think we're seeing the best Michael Chiesa ever. On the other hand, Neil Magny has been looking pretty sharp lately. He did have a good 2020. He went 3-0, defeating Li Jingliang, Anthony Rocco Martin, and Robbie Lawler. On paper, those three wins look good, but Lawler is far past his prime. We all know that. The Anthony Rocco Martin fight was really close, and I still think that we saw a lot of weaknesses from Magny in that fight. And the Jingliang fight was kind of a confusing fight from Jingliang. He kind of gave Magny all the opportunities he needed to win in that fight, and Jingliang just didn't fight very well. So I'm not super impressed with Neil Magny lately. I definitely think I'm more impressed with the recent improvements and recent resurgence of Michael Chiesa's career at the 170 pound weight class. In the first two rounds of this fight, I really like Michael Chiesa's chances and I favor him in the first two rounds to get his grappling going, to hit takedowns, and to possibly submit Neil Magny in the first two rounds. The biggest question arises when, if he can't submit Magny in the first two rounds, how will his cardio hold up in rounds 3, 4, and 5? Chiesa is really inexperienced over five rounds. He has been in main events before, but never actually gone the full five rounds. Meanwhile, Neil Magny is kind of known for his cardio, having good cardio over three rounders. He's been in several five-round fights as well and he does train at elevation so Magni is kind of known for having good cardio and you would start to think that if the fight goes in around three four and five you would really start to favor Neil Magni but in terms of pre-fight money line for this one considering that Michael Chiesa is the underdog and considering that I favor him in rounds one and two to get his grappling going I think that Chiesa is the side to be on pre-fight here and if you're not liking what you're seeing from Chiesa he's not getting his takedowns going or Magni is doing well then look to hedge out look to live bet Neil Magni because as I mentioned if this fight does get it out of the second round you would have to start to favor Neil Magny's experience later in fights, his cardio advantage, and his striking advantage in rounds 3, 4, and 5. I don't think I'm providing any groundbreaking analysis for this fight. As I mentioned earlier, I think this dynamic of this fight is pretty easy to see. Chiesa is the better grappler. Magny is the better striker. Chiesa is more likely to get out to an early lead, while Magny's cardio is better to favor him in the later rounds. It really comes down to what you want to favor, the early grappling of Chiesa or the late cardio and striking of Magny. Personally, I'm going to go with Michael Chiesa to get the takedowns and to win the fight in the first two rounds. I just saw enough weakness from Magny backing himself up to the cage, getting taken down, giving off some back clinch opportunities to Rocco Martin that I think that he will do the same here. And make no mistake, if the fight stays at distance, at striking range, Magni will piece Michael Chiesa up, will run away with the fight, and could even knock Chiesa out in the later rounds. So if you think that's a possibility, if you like Magni's chances at surviving that early storm from Chiesa and taking it into the later rounds and taking over, maybe look to stab on those Magni 3-4-5 round props. But personally, I'm going to side with Michael Chiesa to pressure Magni back to the cage to hit takedowns and to outgrapple and submit Neil Magni once he get him once he gets him down. The last time we saw Magni on his back for a long period of time was against Rafael Dos Anjos and Dos Anjos was able to slice through Magni pretty easily. Not MMA math and anything here, but Chiesa did just outgrapple 
Rafael dos Santos. That's a really good thing on his record. And I don't think that Magny is really great off of his back. I think he can be kind of reckless giving up positions, trying to get back up to his feet sometimes. And I think that's going to be a perfect recipe for Michael Chiesa to get his hooks in and to get a rear naked choke. So the pick for me is going to be Michael Chiesa to win the fight by rear naked choke in round two. I've not locked in a bet on Kiesa yet, but I will continue to monitor his price to see if I want to end up with any action on him. It's not a bet I love because I do acknowledge the possibility that Kiesa slows down and gets taken over late, but considering that he is the underdog pre-fight and I favor him in the first two rounds, I do think there is some value on Kiesa and he is worth a bet at that plus money price. So the pick for me once again is going to be Michael Kiesa to get a round two submission over Neil Magny here. So that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. This is the second podcast of the week for the Wednesday card. There will be another podcast uploaded in about three or four days before the UFC 257 pay-per-view for the third podcast of the week. But thank you all for listening to this podcast. I will track all of my official bets on my BetMA Tips page. So make sure you subscribe and follow me on the BetMA Tips website or just check out the page before every single UFC event to see my official bets. I will add some more bets between now when I'm recording the podcast and the cards. Make sure you check that out to see all my official bets before the card. So hope you all win some bets. Hope you all enjoy the fights and I will see you in a few days before the UFC 257 podcast. Peace.